Welcome back to Best Hour of Their Day. I have a very special episode for you. Obviously, we are living in some crazy times right now, some tumultuous times. And I reached out to my good friend, my longtime friend, Sin Martinez. He's been involved in the CrossFit world for just about as long as I have. And he's the founder of Afro Brutality as well. And just wanted to have a conversation with someone. I knew Sin is someone I could talk to candidly. I can express real emotions, questions, comments, concerns, because I know with him, I'm getting real talk. And I know I'm also getting someone that's open-minded and willing to listen to to me and, and willing to acknowledge that I don't know anything or not anything, but I don't certainly don't know everything, but you know, I can feel comfortable talking to him about it. On this call, I didn't expect this, but he was actually driving with my other good friend, Merle McKenzie, longtime affiliate owner in the Connecticut state or the state of Connecticut. And they were driving to Washington, D.C. to actually clean graffiti off of the monument. So you got this really strong, huge white dude in Merle McKenzie. You got this really strong, huge black dude in Sin Martinez. And we laugh about it a little bit on the show, but certainly an ebony and ivory feel. And these are just two great guys. And the three of us are so like-minded, but at the same time, so different on so many levels from, from politics to other beliefs. It was just a great conversation. And I hope hearing this conversation encourages you to go out there and have this uncomfortable, tough, strange conversation with, with people you know. That's all I want from this. I don't know if anything I say on this episode comes off as as wrong, as racist, as as you know, white privilege. I don't know, but you guys know me and that's not my intent. And speaking for them, I can assure you the same thing. We were just three people speaking our mind on this tough topic. So I hope you enjoy. The first few minutes are a little bit choppy, unbeknownst to me. Like I said, they were driving to Washington, D.C. I literally just finished recording this. I'm literally just recording this introduction because I want to put it up right away because I believe we should all be listening to it. So please listen and then please give me some feedback. I want to hear from you guys on this. You know, Fern and I ask for feedback all the time, but this is some real life shit. You know, coaching human movement is fun. It's rewarding. It is changing the world. We're making the world a better, more healthy place, but this is reality. So I want to hear from you. Positive, negative. Let me know. Best hour of their day at Gmail. Instagram at best hour of their day. You can hit me up on my personal Instagram at the Jason Ackerman. And then of course, go support these guys, support sin. You can find him online. He's got a bunch of different uh, social media handles, but of course his own personal one. And then of course, Afro brutality and check out Merle as well. Don't shoot him any hate. Merle's a good guy. Merle McKenzie. Uh, you can find him online as well. So I really hope you enjoy. This is very special for me. You know, I never dreamed when we launched the best hour of their day podcast, to teach people how to coach better, that we'd get involved in some of these more um, important conversations. So thanks for listening. All right. What a what a special episode we have for you. Originally, it was just going to be my friend Sin Martinez. Little did I know he's driving to Washington, D.C. with OG Merle McKenzie. So great to chat with you guys. Nice to hear from you, too. Yes. We're here, man. Ebony what? and Ivory. I guess so. I mean, perfect, um, <laughs> perfect segue into you know everything that's going on in the world. Sin, you are someone I look up to, not just as a black individual, but as an individual. And 
you're, there's no one that I could think of that was better to talk about what's going on. And especially in the world of CrossFit and fitness and all that good stuff. So that's what, that's really what I reached out to you for yesterday. I love that you just said, Hey, yeah, let's do it. And now you show up with, uh, with Merle. You gotta let them know that it's breaking up. Jay, we're breaking up crazy. I'm not sure if you can hear anything I'm saying. I hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Okay. You got uh, me? It's a little choppy. Let me, uh, I'm going to shut my video okay, off gotcha. too. Let's see if that helps. Um, how, okay. do, how do I sound now? Sound great. All right. Well, whether or not you heard the beginning of that, I'm glad to talk to you guys. So, Sin, can you just tell me what, from your perspective, is going on in the world? Uh, that's a hell of a question. Well, we got we to gotta start somewhere. Well, okay, let me, let me give you... Say, go ahead. I would say a man, a man has died. Um, it's unfortunate. No one wants to see this happen. No one wants to see police officers a part of it. No one wants to see a man cry out for his mama before he dies. No one wants to deal with that type of pain, man. No one wants to deal with that type of anguish. Everyone's confused. Everyone's emotional. For millions of people, it's the first time they've ever seen this. It's the first first time they've ever had to connect to it because we're all quarantined for the most part. We're watching Instagram for our news and everything else and every outlet you can think of, every celebrity, companies, they're all talking about it. So everyone is focused on one thing at the same time. That a man has died. Obviously, this is a, a tragedy. Is this being escalated not escalated but is this being just reported on so tremendously because of what the world has gone through for the last three months is that kind of pushing this even more so to the forefront i would agree i'll tell you this i'll take it a step further i said this to two people yesterday and you're the first person i'm saying this to you and then of course merle's here but during the Rodney King, this is the first, this is the last time I really saw people rioting and going out and burning and looting, was Rodney King. And let me tell you, we waited for the verdict. We did not even start rioting until we saw the verdict and the guys got off. Y'all are starting early. You don't even, you don't even need all that. Oh, forget that verdict, man. Where's he at? Go get him. Like, you know. If and I was trying to tell this to Merle, and I, I've been trying to say this watch these guys get off, man, with us. Wait, go back but Go back about 10 home for three months. They haven't got much, and there comes up that looks like a tragedy because they have to read it in so many different ways. What's that? I was going to say, go back about 10 seconds. You got a little bit choppy. You, you, you were talking about the oh. verdicts, and then what were you about to say? So I was talking about the verdicts. And what I, was, I don't know if you heard this. I said, if, if this goes the wrong way, 
and those guys get off in any way or doesn't it's not satisfied by the society standards man you, you're gonna have to take that pill too because we did but I mean, yes i think because people are at home they're a little bit more uh targeted with this I mean, we'll get to the to the verdict because I mean, I think it's it has to be at this point a, a foregone conclusion, right? Like, if like what you're saying is we're writing, and when you say we, who are you referring to when you say we? I'm just saying us as a nation, you know, whether it's a setup or it's it's kids out there, whatever it is, we're all pretty much like in this together because it looks like. The righteous ones are protesting during the day, and then everyone else is coming out at night with the dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, for the record, I see just as many white people, if not more, looting, like going into REI in California, you know, like as black people. So I don't think looting is a is being separated by race at all. But you know, is is what you're saying? If looting is happening now, if if the verdict doesn't come back as guilty. What will happen to this world? I don't know, dude. It's What'd already you say, on Merle? fire. I said that yeah. would be pouring gas on the fire. I mean, what, what, what's your, both of Merle, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a pretty uh, staunch conservative guy, right, Merle? Yeah, I'm a pretty conservative guy. So where, where do you guys stand on, on the four officers that have been arrested? Well, Sim and I have been having a long conversation about this, and, you know, I don't know that I feel qualified to, to voice an opinion on any of this, but to the degree that I have an opinion, I'll share it. Um, it seems to me that, obviously, four officers abused their power, and a man was killed because of it. A black man was killed because of it. It also seems to me um, that those four officers are going to be found guilty in some degree. I'm hoping they throw the full book at these guys. But it, it does seem to me that they're focusing on the white guy versus the other black guy, the Hispanic guy, and the Asian guy, and no mention of their race. So I don't know what's in that guy's heart. I don't know if he's a racist, if he's an angry man. I don't know if he's just a bad, corrupt cop. I don't know if there's any underlying story because he knew this guy for 17 years. Whatever it is that's happening, I'm not 100% convinced that it is a, is a racial component. And that is not to say that other black people have not been killed by racist cops. I understand that that's out there in this world, but I don't know that that exists in this exact case. I will say that because of the whole scenario, the world is aflame right now and people who deserve to have their voices heard about the entire conversation are being manipulated and they're losing their voice to anarchists like Antifa and also white supremacists that seem to be trying to stoke the fires that create the looting versus allowing people to just have their chance to have their voices heard about a legitimate concern. You know, I, I said a lot there. I guess that's, that's my piece on it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Sin, what what do Merle and I not know about being a black man in America? Like, what do we not know as growing up as white people, continuing to obviously be white? What do we not know? Um, that's man, you're coming with the heavy shit today. Man. Hey, it's nine in the it's, it's nine in the morning out here in Colorado. 
Um, I will. T- I, it's, I don't know if there's something you do not know. What what we're really talking about is like microcosms, and what I mean by that is, if you're black and you walk down a white neighborhood, people are gonna look at you, and whether they outwardly say something or not, they might be like, "So what is he doing here?" Or I wonder what his intentions are. Are they pure? Are they not? This is where the scenario where you, you know, you, they lock the door when you walk the, you know, when you cross the street, they're locking the car door. Like what you're not, I think the biggest difference is the stereotypes that were created because some people fed it into them. Some people created them based on the behavior. You don't necessarily have to deal with that. So though you could be a hundred percent black man, no problems, all for your people, doing what's right, you could fall victim based on something someone else did that looked like you or is just the same color as you or wears the same hat. Well, what's been the worst thing you've had to deal with in your life because of that? Um... I mean, I'm sure I've lost jobs or didn't get jobs or, I don't know, the worst thing. I don't know, man. At eight years old, coming home and his mother calls you a nigga. You know, you're coming to your friend's house to play and the mother says, you know, who brought this nigga here? I mean, that, that leaves an impression pretty early. I don't know if that's the worst, but. Well, it's pretty bad for an eight-year-old to have it's, to deal it's, with. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. It'll leave a mark. It'll it'll stain you a little bit. Um, you know, walking down the street, we had just moved to Sudbury, Massachusetts, which is an affluent suburb of Boston. First fucking day, man, I'm walking down to the town center, right? Get out of our town, nigga, as they're driving by. I mean, it's it's disgusting, right? But yeah, I'll tell and, you and- what, man, there's there's such a miseducation because we can't have open dialogue with one another. Merrill says something too much, he's a racist. Which means two things. If I actually said that to him, he's actually gonna feel that way and he's gonna stop talking to me. And how he truly feels about anything, he's not gonna risk me thinking he's a racist or giving myself the opportunity to call him that again. So there's no, that's the biggest problem is that the communication stops because you point the finger at somebody and say, because you said that, even though you may actually and honestly feel about the feel this way about it, it was too much for me. That shit is totally racist, man. Shut up. What are we that's exactly, about? that's exactly why I reached out to you because I know you and you know me and I felt like I can be honest and ask questions and Hell you know yeah, that, man. Hell yeah. you know, and, even, you know, and having Merle in there is just added bonus because I feel that he's the same way. So yesterday, and part of the reason I reached out to you was yesterday, someone messaged uh, our podcast and said, no one is speaking out for black people when it comes to CrossFit, when it comes to the fitness world. And I'm actually, I'm talking to her tomorrow, but now you talked about kind of what happened to you as a kid. Has this impacted, I mean, for those that don't know Sin, founder of Afro Brutality and all sorts of subsidiaries off of that. You've been an entrepreneur as long as I've known you. H- has there been an impact in that world? 
from being black? What? I'm not sure I understand the question. Has, you Meaning know, having a brand like Afro Brutality? Well, obviously Afro Brutality, but just in general, being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I'm a unique individual, man. I'm a u- unique human being. So because the, the positive outweighed the negative in any community I lived in, whether there was a white community, black community, whatever, I just didn't develop that kind of hate where I couldn't listen to someone, no matter what they had to say, man. I'm the type of guy that I, I hope to God you are racist. And I hope to God that I hope you're racist and I hope you trust me enough to tell me how you really feel, man, so we can have a real conversation. Because you ain't got to come with that, you know, as Meryl would say, that white liberal shit. You ain't got to come with that shit with me, man. You can. Do you know how much hate mail I'm going to get out of this? <laughs> I'm doing the Secret Service protection. Well, to be, clear, to be clear, in case the listeners didn't hear earlier, you guys are headed to D.C. right now. Yeah, we are. So, and I mean, D.C. is not just a stone's throw from, I assume you picked each other up no, or somewhere. in four hours. Yeah. yeah, in New York or Connecticut. So, what do you guys, I mean, first of all, two of the biggest human beings I know are in this car right now, Merle and you, you know, <laughs> black and white. So, I mean, it's a sight to see to begin with, but what are you guys going to D.C. for? Well, you know, I, 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 I sat back and I watched all of this mess unfurl felt kind of powerless about it and uh i'm as angry about this as just about anybody else out there in the united states but then you know images of the monuments the vietnam war the ww2 memorial the lincoln memorial where millions of both black and white men have died for the country are being defaced by i believe the antifa crowd the white supremacist crowd, um, not legitimate protesters, are out there defacing things that should unite Americans versus tear us apart. And uh, I thought that maybe I could do a little bit something about it and head down and start cleaning some monuments. So I also thought that, you know, within the community that I know so well, CrossFit, um, who could be a better partner in this? and sin i mean it is a kind of powerful thing to have a white and black guy go down there together who share a lot of views and who share some views that aren't similar and uh if we just put a little bit of the world back together yeah uh yeah that's it and just so people know man i don't always agree with this guy like we don't sit there and be kumbaya with each other all the time man we've gone through things we've argued we've done this he doesn't agree with everything i say or do but there's always been mutual love and respect, man. And quite honestly, man, if, if the entire fucking world could figure out a way to just talk to each other without all the fucking comments and the bullshit and the name calling and the, the slain bullshit, you know, come on, man. We'd be much better. We'd just be much better off, man. So, you know, and, and I agree with that. I mean, Merle and I... I'm not super political, but, but I see what he puts up there and I don't always agree with it, but it never causes me to think to myself, I don't like Merle or I wouldn't consider him a friend. Same with you. And I'm sure the same, you know, in reverse, what, what will it take for, I mean, like, like Rodney King said, you know, for everyone to just get along. 
I mean, we, we just go ahead. You want to, you want to yeah, go? Well, I, I don't want to steal Sin's thunder in this because really this is more about what's going to happen in Sin's life in the real near, near future. But we've been spitballing and putting our heads together to, to try to make something that's a real effective change in those communities that are directly impacted. And, I, and the broader concept, I want to kind of bring it back to, you know, Sin in a very sin way put out where's crossfit hq on this and uh, you know jason you know i've been around for about 10 years i'm no longer directly in the crossfit community but i still care about them i still care about coach and hq and everybody in it and the crossfit headquarters glassman reached out to sin and said listen what can we do about this now if you when know was that when was that as i do and sin does He's not going to wear his I'm not a racist flag and fly a black square like everybody. He's not going to be that guy, but he will do things that have direct impact. And he's committed financial resources to sin personally to go out and empower him to make a difference and actually affect people on the ground through CrossFit. And right now he and the rest of CrossFit HQ is getting blown up by people who are maybe overly emotional about this or don't know the full story. But, Jay, you go back to the beginning. You remember when CrossFit was building churches in Africa? I mean, Oh, yeah, they're they building schools and schools in Kenya, too. Yeah. Right. They had a long and storied approach to trying to serve all people, including black people and minorities. And, you know, I think they're unfairly getting tarnished on social media because social media is shit and that's what people do. But you know, to CrossFit's credit and to Sin's credit, they're working together now to, to actually make a real change for people. And you know, this drive down to DC is kind of a double whammy. We're sitting here, how to best make that happen and, and come up with a plan. And I think Sin and I together have actually come up with something pretty cool. Sin will be rolling it out in time, but it starts with, Sin making a post and CrossFit recognizing that Sin is a leader in this community and reaching out and saying, okay, how can we help even more? How can we affect more change? So kudos to CrossFit, kudos to Sin, and I'm excited to see what next steps are taken. Sin, when did Coach Glassman reach out to you? Uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I saw everything that went it, down it yesterday. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't cute either. I was, I was yelling, like, great. What the fuck? And he, he went his, he did his Glassman thing. Come on, Sin. You know, I don't jump for this. I don't jump for that. I'm like, you're right, you're right. But you know this is about you and me, coach. You know what's up. Like, cut it out. He's like, you know what? I'm going to earn your respect and you're going to earn mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit. And he set numbers. I will commit this amount of numbers. We will take care of 300 to 500 people this way. And I don't want no praise. Don't even tell him I did it. <laughs> like, we, you know what we're dealing with, man, when it comes to Glassman. You know what we're dealing with. Yeah, and I saw everything that was going on on the internet yesterday. I, I assume you guys both saw that kind of interaction and that email response from Coach Glassman to Rocket. You know, and my, I mean, my immediate reaction was s- similar to kind of what you guys are validating in that, first of all, I always get a little frustrated that people expect so much from HQ because we're just affiliates and you're paying $3,000, if that a year, and then you expect HQ to give you, you know, 
thousands and thousands of dollars worth of expertise. That's not what this, that's not what you signed up for. But even beyond that, having owned businesses just like you guys, you got to give us time and you got to give us space to think. CrossFit's not Goldman Sachs. CrossFit's not, you know, Ben and Jerry's who has a full team kind of working on this project right away. I mean, it sounds to me like Coach Glassman just being prudent, taking his time, but now he's aligning himself with the right people. And I would agree with that. What What was your opinion, if you care to share it, on that email exchange? Um, it's just Glassman. I Glassman mean, I loved has, it. I loved his email. It was it was hysterical. He just, has, <laughs> he just has an analytical mind. He stands for principles, and he's and he has a nice little. I don't give a fuck. Like, all right, goodbye. But he's gonna say what he means, man. People don't seem to understand how important it is for the human beings that are around you to communicate in an honest and effective way, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. I, if I not, think that, you're just going to get a bunch of people telling you what the fuck you want to hear, man. How's that going to make you better in life? So what, what, can, what can you share about what you'll be doing? Yeah. Well, what's all the way? Well, just give them some broad concepts. Well, we're going to make sure that all the affiliates are involved in some way. We're also going to make it where it's not a handout. We're going to make it where it'll be either discounted memberships per affiliate, uh, scholarship program per affiliate, so that they can honestly do it their way, but also move the needle a little bit in those in those affiliates that are near black and brown or inner city communities we're going to work with the ones that are already doing what they need to do they've been reaching out since tuesday oh sin i got this program i got this crossfit to work program i've got this out of jail crossfit program i'm here if you need me what do you need what do you need like you know we're going to rally the troops we're going to make sure everyone's on board and you know, honestly, man, I want people to be proud to do CrossFit. Be proud of being a CrossFitter, man. That was one of the most proudest things for me was that as a black man in Harlem with the name After Brutality as a company, CrossFit jumped all over it as a community. They understood the vision. They saw what I was doing. They were totally a part of it. I was able to take, you know, athletes to the games based on it. I was able to do all kinds of different things within the cross community because of the embrace. So in my opinion, man, in my total 1000 biased opinion, CrossFit has been a part of the black community just on the mere fact that they've supported me from day one when they didn't have to. Yeah. I remember having conversations with you and, you know, seeing you talk about it online, just about, you know, what can CrossFit do to, grow CrossFit within these communities. You know, this is, and this is going back years, but they've, you know, certainly put some effort in. And do you think part of the downfall when it comes to CrossFit is Coach Glassman and CrossFit in general, just they're, they're, they're the types of people that just hustle in silence and don't necessarily tell everybody what they're doing? Well, you've got people at the helm or however you want to call that or at the top or whatever that are just passionate about what they believe in and they're not going to necessarily 
they're not necessarily going to just do anything because it's popular. They're going to do it because they believe in it. They're going to do it to show that they believe in it. And they're going to make moves that not everyone's going to believe in just to prove that they're doing this because they want to. That's the biggest thing. And I listen, man, I'm biased. And people hearing this will hear bias. But you've got to applaud someone that is not willing to just fucking put up a black square because everyone else is doing the shit. What was your opinion on that? I had mixed feelings on the whole black square thing. You know, someone like you. As someone that has dealt with this in various ways on various occasions, I applaud any and everybody that is willing to put up a fucking black square. Does that mean that's going to change anything? No. Does that mean now they're not, you know, they're part of the fucking solution? I don't know, man. A lot of these people, millions of people are seeing this from the first time. And it's just touching them in such a severe way that they're willing to risk their reputation or anything just to say, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, that's how I felt. You know, I found out about it. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. But deep down, I was kind of like, this is nothing. Like, it's cool. I'm showing support. But you two are actually doing what I was saying needs to be done. It's not, and I, you know, and in fairness, I didn't do it, but it's like putting up a black square is great. You're showing solidarity. You two are actually doing something about this, which is very commendable. And that's how I feel. Like I know Meryl for too long, man. And when he said, let's go clean this, I knew not only were we going to do something good that's going to make us both feel better, but we're going to talk about how to make, make this into an actual movement that we both could be proud of. Well, well, do you, are you guys like traveling with Windex and paper towels right now? What's going on? How are you going to clean this? You bought all the, you bought all the, the uh, anti-graffiti stuff and the graffiti removal stuff from Home Depot yesterday. Merle, what does your wife think about this? She's not really happy with me right now. Um, is she with but, you? What's up? She's not in there with you, too, is she? No, no, not. Um, I, listen, I, I think we're going to be fine. I, I don't really live my life with fear. I'm hoping that um, when we get there, actually, that there's nothing to clean, that somebody else already did it. But if, to the degree that there is something to clean and that somebody will allow me to and, and send it to play a little role and, 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 you know, feel like I'm part of the American fabric. Like, great. I, I want to be a part of that. My wife, I wouldn't drag into this. I'm just asking for her support. She's a little nervous. She sees what's going on with the fires and the riots. And she don't like the fact that, you know, I'm driving into it. But I, I honestly don't anticipate that kind of trouble. Um, and, yeah, so she, she, she's not – She's home waiting, you know, to make sure that I come back to her. That's all. Right. But for the record, you know, people that aren't in D.C., my sister lives in D.C. Like, you you are basically driving into into the unknown and unknowable, right? Like, you, it could be fine. It could be peaceful. But at the same time, you could be driving into, you know, riots yourself. I mean, you're putting yeah, yourself at risk. I guess, yeah. I guess that could happen. That could happen. I mean, I, I'm, I, got, I think he got you got some black up. <laughs> we got some black up, man. Relax. What? What? Um. What's Afro brutality doing? What are you gonna do, Sin? Is there gonna be a, a a line of a line of shirts, something going on that people can support you and business, and then of course just the, you know 
the whole solidarity behind this? Yeah, we, we got to show the marriage between uh, Afro Brutality Sports and CrossFit. Like, we've got to show that we're working together on this. You know, um, I did all I can to let Coach do it his way. And now, I, you know, I, I've got to jump in, you know, and I've got to make this clear because I'm getting calls and emails and text messages about what's he doing, what's he thinking, is there, what are y'all really doing, you know, that sort of thing. And I've, I've got to put something out there to put some people at ease. Will, will there be a shirt that people can go on and support and buy from you? You know, people are listening. Mer Merrill, Merrill just told me I forgot something. Yeah, what'd you, so what'd you... we came up with a concept for a shirt that uh, I think is going to be a pretty powerful visual um, that kind of connects everything that we're talking about in the black community and Afro-Brutality Sports and CrossFit. And uh, when we return from this trip here, Sin's going to get to work designing the logo that we uh, have kind of come up with. And then he's going to put that shirt out for sale with the profits going to benefit um, scholarships in the various boxes so that more people, more people of color can be drawn into the CrossFit community via donations of this. And, you know, speaking in a larger term, we also discussed the need for uh, larger corporate sponsorships to come become involved as well. So Nike, if you're listening, Reebok, <laughs> if you're listening, Noble, if you're listening, uh, Froning Farms, if you're listening, these are all the companies that Sin's going to reach out to to also play a role in this and turn something which might have been a, a drop in the ocean into a tsunami that can really get tens of thousands of people into CrossFit that might not otherwise have had the chance. Yeah, isn't that a little bit of a misconception? And I'm guilty of saying it myself, you know, CrossFit is free, but it's not really. You know, we, we, we like to say, hey, you, CrossFit puts out free workouts every day, but really you need to learn them, you need coaching and you need a community. And, the, and our boxes tend to be very expensive. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the knowledge is there for free, but without the ability or the, the uh, depth of understanding to decipher that knowledge, no matter how much video and uh, text you put out there on the net, until you have a coach that knows what they're talking about, explaining how a squat should look, explain, you know, how many people who actually exist in a CrossFit box right now mess up what CrossFit is, you know, and they're already under the guidance of some coaches out there. So to expect people who are lay people who have never been in fitness um, to go from CrossFit and from the couch to CrossFit or otherwise, and not have somebody to at least give them some basic understanding of what it is, you know, that that's a tough road. So yeah, it's not really free, even though the knowledge is there for anybody to use. Um, so to that point, with the money that CrossFit is going to be empowering Sin with, and hopefully sales of the shirt that he's going to put out for everybody to buy. It might be his best selling shirt ever, by the way. And I'll feel a little bit proud that I had a small, <laughs> small piece of influence on, on that shirt. Got it out. Um, but if, if we could truly turn this into something magnificent and get real corporate sponsorship, instead of help, you know, helping 300 or 500 or one people, it could help tens of thousands of people across the country, if not more. And so 
that would be the big goal. That's the big hairy goal, right? To get those big fish corporate sponsors to come in so that SIN can make this an effective program and reach as many people as possible. And hopefully through CrossFit, through the discipline, through fitness, make a meaningful impact that kind of leaves a legacy. So Sin, can you speak on this? You know, CrossFit gets that backlash that, you know, it, it's, it's mostly white. I mean, you look at the games and it's a lot of white people. And, and same thing that we were just talking about where it might be a, there might be a barrier for, for black or any colored people to get involved in CrossFit. But isn't that really the same in, in many sports? Like why does CrossFit stand out in this? Um, cause it's, you know, to the average individual, it's easy to do or easier to do. There's is some skill involved, but to the average individual looking on the outside in, it doesn't look like it takes a whole lot of skill to do this or do that. Uh, there's some, you know, recognizable equipment in there that your average individual, no matter what gym they go to has seen. So some get it, some don't, but I think for the most part, again, man, it's like, those that are at the top or those that are, you know, in the hierarchy, they appeal to other people that are just like them. And if it looks like a bunch of people are, they're all the same or CrossFit's all the same, that's because the people that they're training or the people where it's at, they're all sort of the same, of, of the same mentality. So, I mean, it's, it's, this will show a huge difference in, what they talk about in terms of CrossFit, in terms of landscape. But I think for the most part, and that's kind of how I got started, it was, help. let's talk some diversity, man. Let's make sure everybody has a chance to try this out. And that's how I got embraced because it wasn't like, oh, this guy's just talking crazy to sell T-shirts. No, he's actually doing free workouts in the park in Harlem, doing workouts with kids in the South Bronx, like, that was really happening. And that's actually what people started to see at, you know, at the end of the day. So for me, getting resources and stuff like that and being able to actually put that that I had thought about, man, over 10, 11 years ago to work is just, it's just an incredible opportunity. It's just unfortunately that, you know, it came across uh, based on this. And I'll tell you this, man, you know, I, I, I've thought about this so much, man so much man where the hell did you know greg and i if you want to call that where did we go wrong man why didn't we start this in 90 in in, in uh 2009 like what the hell did we do wrong and you know what man i came up with rob you know with rob wolf i came up with greg everett you know rob wolf did the paleo uh greg everett did catalyst you know uh k-star with mobility wad and all these things i watched these guys create these brands and these empires you know with a little bit of crossfit help man not not of course crossfit took them in just the way they did me but what made the difference why weren't we able to like see it through and quite honestly man i've been on a mission to create my own thing for, for recognize for crossfit to recognize and say damn sin you, you're really doing it man we're about to come right behind you and take care of you and that's how i feel I feel like you can take a look at what I've done even over the last 10 years, and I think you can feel a sense of, okay, this guy has been about this the entire time. Of course, he did it his way because, you know, that's 
Does he need a little bit more resources? Let's give it to him, man. We've, he's already proven he's not going to be retarded with it. He's already proven that he's going to do the right things with it. He's already proven that this has been his dream for 11 years, man. Let's go ahead and do that for him. Yeah, I remember, I mean, Merle and Sin, you guys remember back in the Albany Cross the parking lots, it was all white people except for who you showed <laughs> yeah, up with man. and uh, Steve Liberati from Steve's Club. He'd bring like the younger, you know, exactly. group from Camden. But yeah, you'd show up with like, you know, four black people. I remember the guy with the long hair. You know, he was fit. Yeah, that's uh, Carlos. His name's Carlos. Yeah, yeah, Carlos. And you know, but you guys were it. Other than that, it was just a bunch of white people working out in the parking lot. Uh, right. So I wanna, we weren't I wanna... even affiliated. That oh, that yeah, 2009 you... regionals, we weren't even affiliated. Yeah, you got. I mean, yeah, you just showed up. I want to I want to give you one last opportunity, but I do want to ask you one question. I, I feel like I was a victim of uh, reverse racism or just I guess reverse racism is still racism. But there was a brief period of time when I was I was single and I was on Tinder and I was I would swipe on the black girls, no different than white girls, but I never got hooked up with them. How come black girls never wanted to date me? You're too white, man. You're just, you're just over. <laughs> You're overly white, especially if they get you on the phone. It's a wrap, man. <laughs> I was like, man, you know, I would sweat. Like, they're just as hot as any girl. I'm like, yeah, I want to date this girl. No, never got a no. date. Never got a date with a black girl. But one That's time terrible, in college, man. one time in college, but didn't didn't work out. Anyway, anyway, what um, what what's the last thing you guys want to say that that we can wrap this up with uh, to put out there to the listeners? Um. We're working together, you know, as CrossFit and as, as coaches is. He doesn't really want to tell nobody. He doesn't want any credit for it. He just wants everyone to know he's doing it because he wants to, not because there was any pressure, honestly, from anyone but me. But he definitely wants people to know that he's doing stuff, man. Just relax. Things is coming out. People like having Merrill in my life, we're going to figure out exactly how to take what the little bit of resources he's talking about and not in terms of anything other than, you know, do this, try that, and just do what we can to make it a special thing that we can put around the world, man. I love it. I really appreciate you hopping on, and even even more awesome that Merle's there, and be safe on your way to, you know, D.C., be safe while you're there. Can I, what, what's an acceptable name? You know, I typically like to give the episode, I'd, I'd say, hey, this is Sin Martinez, and I was thinking of calling it, like, Black Lives Matter. Is that... Is that acceptable these days? What can oh, I call is, it? That is disgusting. No good? No good. I thought that's the, the hashtag you, everyone's using. What's the title? What's the title, Merle? What'd you say? Not black, not white, America. America. All right. You got it. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming on and talking about this. I think this is really important. And, and like you said way back in the beginning, People are just unwilling to talk about it, Sin, and if people had an open mind. Yeah, man. It's, it, these are uncomfortable conversations. I get it. But we got to have them, man. We have to. We've got to figure out a way to do that. Well, I think this is a good jumping off point, and you've always been – I mean, you as well, Merle. You guys have both always been, you know, willing to, to have those tough discussions and willing to be uncomfortable no different than what you're doing today. 
I, I got to tell you, this was not in my plan today to put myself out like that on your broadcast for <laughs> tens of thousands of people to now blow me up. But uh, I do relish the opportunity to have the conversation, and uh, especially with you kind of moderating it. It, uh, it was really nice catching up with you. And one day we got to get back together again, Jay. Yeah. Well, you always talk about living out in Montana, Merle. Come to Colorado anytime. You're welcome to stay. Yeah, that's on the list. I love Colorado. That's definitely on the list. I think you will like it just as much as you like Montana. <laughs> if not more. If not more. And I'll tell you, right. I don't know what I don't know what the dispensary situation is in Montana, but it's great here in Colorado. <laughs> so you can show up here. <laughs> but uh, that was so stereotypical right. of you, man. Yeah, you know, you know, but anyway, I appreciate you guys and thanks for coming on. I'm going to actually try to put this up right now as just a bonus episode because I think the sooner people can hear this, the better. Yeah, man, please. All right, well, be safe. Let me know how it goes out in D.C. and um, I appreciate both of you. Thank you. You got it, man. All right, brother. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.